This, this is the second, second Story Podcast. The cold winter has finally melted away and April has begun springing up again. And if you're a longtime Second Story fan, you know that April is this super special month for us because it's our birthday. This year, Second Story is turning a whopping 15 years old from this tiny underground performance organization into the full-fledged story laboratory it is today. In honor of our 15th birthday month, the Second Story podcast throughout April will focus on the single most powerful force in the known universe, birthday wishes. Today, we present a fantastic story of a young man's dreams and the journey they traveled to come true. Sean Sperling has fast become a Second Story audience favorite, with his charming smile lighting up every room he walks into. This story, his second story debut, was told at Webster's Wine Bar in October of 2013. The theme of that evening was Cut and Run, Stories of Escape. Ladies and gentlemen, Second Story is proud to celebrate our 15th birthday with the story stylings of Sean Sperling. I woke up on May 23rd, 1990 like I did every day and I made my way across the hall to my mom's room. She was always sitting at her vanity with curlers in her hair and doing her makeup while watching Good Morning America. Good morning, Shmageggy head, she'd say. I planted myself on the same spot of shag carpeting where I sat every morning. I was perfectly situated so I could watch my mom's every move and watch GMA. I remember this morning because it changed my world forever. A the ABC affiliate was doing a report on the 1990 Blonde Ambition World Tour, which was making its way to Chicago, and it would be there for the next four nights. Then she appeared. She rose from the center of the stage, her hair high and tight in a blonde ponytail. She was wearing a bustier and she sang a song called Express Yourself. With my focus locked on the TV, I asked my mom, who is that? Well, that's Madonna, of course, she responded. Well, as soon as the report ended, I got up off the shack carpeting, made my way back to my room, and I tore down off my walls every poster that I ever took out of Teen Beat magazine. I no longer had time for Candace Cameron, Maya Mbalik, or Alyssa Milano. No, at that moment, I knew that nobody would ever compare to Madonna. And I still feel the same way today. After that morning, I made it known to everyone that I loved Madonna, that I was obsessed with her. And I made it my biggest dream in life to meet her one day. People would always ask me growing up what I would say to her if ever I got the chance to meet her. And my answer was always the same. I don't want to say anything. I just want to dance with her. <laughs> I spent that next summer immersing myself in everything Madonna. And my family moved to a new town that, that fall, so I was the new kid. I showed up at Aptekissick Junior High on the first day wearing a Madonna t-shirt and this monocle. It was just like the one she wore at the Blonde Ambition Tour. I decorated my locker with a collage of Madonna photos. And remember how you used to cover your textbooks with brown paper bags? Well, I covered my books in Madonna posters. 
And I was very organized about it. I coordinated looks with subjects. So science was true blue, math was like a prayer, and history, which was my least favorite subject, I paired with my least favorite look, La Isla Bonita. <laughs> but I saved my favorite subject, English, with my favorite look. It was this picture from the 1991 Academy Awards. She was wearing this low-cut silver beaded gown and her hair was like Marilyn Monroe's. The picture still gives me chills today when I see it. You know, I, I don't know exactly what grabbed me that morning. Was it the music, the fashion? Maybe it was Illuminati mind control. But you know, I think maybe I was just waiting for somebody to tell me that it was okay to express myself. Well, whatever the reason was, for the last 24 years, four months, and 21 days, Madonna has been a constant in my life. <laughs> now I like to think it's more of a healthy admiration or maybe a little bit of love, but every now and then when a new album comes out or she goes on tour, obsession manages to creep in. Now, now, I admit it, as a 34-year-old attorney with a relatively balanced life, I should not be infatuated with a pop star. I get it. But I guess that 11-year-old boy that's just trying to express himself is always there, and Madonna's always by his side, and I've never wanted to let go of that. So this love and obsession for Madonna remains strong, even as I was preparing for the biggest honor as a young Jewish boy, my bar mitzvah. Now, I value the tradition of becoming a bar mitzvah, not only the common belief that it's when a boy becomes a man, but also for taking responsibility for my community and my family and a relationship with God. But truth be told, I did it for the party. And more specifically, I did it to have a big, fancy, themed party. But while all the boys in my class were choosing their themes, more traditional themes like car, sports, and action heroes, I had something else in mind. But I waited months before I would tell my parents about it or bring it up with them. One Sunday, I was shopping with my mom at TJ Maxx, and I found this little pair of earrings that were in the shape of Madonna True Blue albums. I picked them up and I casually said to my mom, you know, mom, if my theme for my bar mitzvah were Madonna, we could give these to all the girls as party favors. Her response, if that's what you're really into, why not? What, really? You're gonna let me do this? I, I couldn't believe it. My mom didn't even question my theme of choice. I think she just wanted to celebrate me the way that I wanted to celebrate, which is really incredible. Plus, she was also just eager to finally have a theme so she could bust out the glitter and rhinestones and start making the decorations. See, Jews love shiny things. <laughs> I still wasn't sure what my dad would say. See, my dad was a truck driver. He was a rough and tumble kind of guy, but with a heart of gold. And I have four older sisters, and in an attempt to have a son with whom my dad could go on weekend fishing trips and play sports, he finally got me his only boy. <laughs> I found my dad that Sunday in the den watching a football game. 
Dad, 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 I finally chose a theme for my bar mitzvah. Oh, yeah, he responded. Okay, are you ready, Dad? Are you ready? The theme is going to be Madonna. <laughs> it's going to be what, he asked. Dad, I said the theme is going to be Madonna. His response, so you're really into this Madonna, aren't you? And then my sweet, naive, loving father tackled me to the ground, tickling me and poking me, saying over and over again, she is a hot one, isn't she? She's really a hot one, that Madonna. I finally pried myself away from him, and I was blushing, and I said, yeah, she is. <laughs> Just a couple years later, when I was 15, I found myself in that same den with my parents, and I told them that I was gay. It was the hardest thing that I've ever done. And my dad asked so many questions. Among them, he asked with a glimmer of hope in his voice, but Sean, what about Madonna? <laughs> Don't you want to sleep with her? <laughs> Instead of trying to explain to my dad the love that a gay man has for a strong woman, I simply replied, Dad, she's the one exception. <laughs> and, and that wasn't a lie. She really was, and she still is today. <laughs> so as my bar mitzvah approached, studying Torah became less and less a priority. I knew I needed to make a grand entrance, and I thought, what better way than to strike a pose like there's nothing to it? <laughs> Every day after school, I practiced voguing with my sister in the living room, and she would bark orders at me like, stronger arms, faster, slower, on and on. And finally, on March 14th, 1992, in the Grand Ballroom in the Hyatt in Deerfield, Illinois, a star was born. After the ceremony, my friends and family entered the room. It was a Madonna wonderland, sprinkled with black, silver, and teal glitter everywhere. There were big busts of Madonna on each table that were each named after different Madonna songs. There was a huge banner of Madonna from Truth or Dare lying on a bed that hung behind the DJ booth. There was a picture of Madonna caressing my awkward teenage face that greeted guests as they entered. And everybody got a t-shirt that said, I vogued with Sean at Sean's Bar Mitzvah. And my mom surprised me the morning of the Bar Mitzvah by having the shirt I wore under my suit airbrushed with a picture of Madonna on the back. My guests took their seats and it was time. The DJ announced the bar mitzvah man of the hour, Sean. I entered the room with the innocence and naivete that could only be found in a child, or I guess a young man who's only been a man for about an hour. <laughs> and I performed the dance with a whole lot of heart and a whole lot of chutzpah, and it went off without a hitch. When I finished the dance, I took the microphone and I thanked my friends and family for coming, and most importantly, I thanked my parents for just supporting me and allowing me to be me. If I had known then what I know now, I would have gotten down on my knees in gratitude. 
I had no idea how lucky I was. So I kept a video of this performance locked in my mother's crawl space for 20 years. Honestly, it mortified me. But at the urging of friends, I dug it out last year and I uploaded it to YouTube. Just a few days later, on August 15th of last year, Perez Hilton found it and he posted it to his website and called it the greatest video on the internet. From there, I went on a viral whirlwind that took me all over the place for months. I was interviewed for international newspapers. The clip was on every national media source, CNN, MSNBC, The Huffington Post. I was named D-listed's hot slut of the day. <laughs> Thank you. And then I vogued and interviewed on The Today Show and Good Morning America. And then it all accumulated to an appearance on the Ellen DeGeneres show. I walked in the cold studio last October, ready to strike a pose with Ellen. She walked out to deliver her opening monologue and she said there was a special guest. From there, it all became a blur as my heart raced out of my chest. She said, first time in the studio, a billion records sold, and then she said it, please welcome Madonna! <laughs> I totally lost my shit. My tears blinded me as I jumped up and down and my body was airlifted from side to side out of pure adrenaline. I tried to breathe just to get through my own hysteria as I sat through the show paralyzed with tension. I wasn't sure what, if anything, they were gonna do with me or the video. And then halfway through the show, Ellen showed my video and introduced me to the world as the Bar Mitzvah Boy. I spoke with Ellen and Madonna for about three minutes and I had no idea what I was saying. And when the segment ended and they went to commercial break, they were playing the song, Don't Tell Me, Madonna's song, Don't Tell Me. And I just started singing and dancing as all the tension left my body and energy was pumping through my veins. At some point, a producer handed me the microphone and I started working my way up and down the aisles, entertaining the masses. I totally lost like where I was or who was there or what was happening until my boyfriend nudged me and he pointed to Madonna and Madonna was watching me and she did this kind of I see you thing with her finger and her eyes and I didn't stop. I kept singing and dancing and the music kind of moved us together just like in the video and we were face to face, Madonna and me and then in the song Madonna says get down on your knees and Madonna pointed to the ground with authority and when Madonna tells you to get down on your knees, you get down on your knees. I fell to the ground, looking up, singing and dancing, and just like that, my 13-year-old dream came true. This experience was so incredible, and I consider it such a gift to have my dream come true. But as it turns out, the dream was not dancing with Madonna. The gift was not dancing with Madonna. 
And it wasn't the 15 minutes of fame. It was like an awakening. It was a reminder of who I am and all that I'm capable of. And as it turns out, I'm just a boy that likes to strike a pose like there's nothing to it. What magical wish of yours came true? What nerdy and embarrassing moments from your early teenage years have you come to embrace as an adult? Were you ever named the delisted slut of the day? All these questions and more were brought to us by Sean Sperling. This story was curated by Nick Ward, with sound design from Eric Hazen and performance direction from Julian Stroop. The Birthday Wish is one of the most powerful forces in the universe. Help Second Story's birthday wishes come true. Visit our website at secondstory.com today to see how you can make a difference. That's 2ndstory.com. You can always reach me for comment on this and any other Second Story podcast at ozzy at secondstory.com. Be sure to follow Second Story on Twitter at Second Story and Instagram at Second Story Chicago to get behind the scenes of our curation process. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher Smart Radio so more listeners can find and hear this work. Second Story podcasts are brought to you in part by the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, the City Arts Program, the Chicago Community Foundation, part of the Chicago Community Trust, and the Arts Work Fund. Second Story podcasts are produced by Eric Hazen with special thanks to Sherry Pentamone and C.P. Chang. We share our stories, so you'll share yours. Now go out into the world and knock them dead with story power. I'm Ozzie Totten, and this is Second Story.